This episode of Café de René has been brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped, the number one choice for men's below-the-belt grooming. Featuring the new and improved Lawnmower 4.0 with a built-in LED light, ceramic blade for a closer cut, and also completely waterproof. To get that, but also including the rest of the package, including your ball deodorant, t-shirt, free boxes, weed whacker, please head over to manscaped.com, use the code CAFE, not only will you get all that, you will also get free shipping and also 20% off. So yep, please, head over to Manscaped, use the code CAFE, and your balls will thank you. Bonjour, welcome to another edition of Café de René. I am the host, James Dunstall, joined once again by the style show, Mr. René Dupree. René, how are you doing today? Very well, very well. Join coffee. Lucky to be alive. Happy to be alive. <laughs> very happy to be alive, especially under the circumstances of the world at the minute. Yeah, shit. Hey, how much is gas or petrol in UK right now? Um, I mentioned to you off camera at the first start of the first lockdown, which was like one pound ten for diesel. Yeah. Uh, my first garage down the road now is one pound seventy. Here it's over two dollars for diesel a liter. And what was it? Uh, I'm not sure how much for diesel, but I, I use unleaded, and it went up twelve cents in the la in one day. So now it's a dollar eighty one. It's gone up like 22 pence over here. Wow. Um, it's I, it with us. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you remember, Renee, it's been a while since you've been over here, but the supermarket chain, Sainsbury's. Yes. Um, so, them and Asda's has normally got like cheap diesel, cheap petrol. So, there's two Sainsbury's down where I live, and I found one, and the price of diesel is £1.48. I found it Sunday morning. I basically filled the tank with it. Yeah. It's 22 pence cheaper than anywhere else, a litre. Crazy. So, um, Crazy. and with that, and there's other rising bus tax and everything like that, uh, even like motor tax, road tax, they're raising the prices on that. It's price of living's going up, but unfortunately not my wages. Yeah. <laughs> so, never mind. But yeah, so thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, everyone enjoyed the last week's episode, Renee, you leaving WE and going to Japan. So we decided to do a part two for it. And a lot of people was happy about the decision. We've got plenty of fan questions towards the end of the show. And please, everyone, do stick around towards the end because we'll be doing an announcement for this coming Monday's guest. But Renee, um, so where we left off, really. So you just finished your first tour with uh, Hustle. And so after that, did you go back home to Canada or was you still living in the States? No, I was, I had moved back to Canada right after my release. <clears throat> so, yeah, let's see, I did Hustle, re-signed with Hustle. Yeah, by that time I had met my wife and then 
for one of the tours it was a summer tour instead of going home going back and forth i just stayed in japan right right and then uh yeah so you eventually went back to hustle for your uh, second tour and uh so we haven't spoke about your uh, mask gimmick dina sharp <laughs> well you remember iron mike sharp yes okay well his father and uncle were wrestlers and they were very very famous in japan as the sharp brothers so they had this big I also had a big show called Dynamite. So it was me and Lance Cade. And mm. uh, I was I was Dinah and he was Might Sharp. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I'll have to try and find some photos of that because I've never seen it. Yeah. Some photos? Yeah. Yeah, I think you can find them. They're somewhere. I'll be sure splice yeah. them in. Yeah. Well, and I, then, was that? No, carry on. And then, uh, Tomko, I came to Hustle. Oh. And we were Arma and Geddon. That's right. And our entrance music was uh, Aerosmith. Yes. Uh, don't, they have a, don't they have a song called Armageddon or something? Oh, the movie Armageddon. Yeah, the song yeah. was I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Yeah. So you got That's your me entrance and, song. Yeah. So me not and Tonko, not very intimidating. Right. And at, at that time, I had the tattoos, and Tonko had the tattoos, and we're coming out to "Don't Want to Miss a Thing" as our fucking theme song. Like, whatever, dude. As long as the check don't bounce. <laughs> your tattoos. So obviously, during your whole WWE run, you know, zero tattoos, as far as we know. But what made you start revamping with this look and getting all these tattoos? I don't know, just rebellion, I guess. Drunk. I'm an addictive personality, so I always want one, but then you get one, then you want more, and you want more, and you want more. But now I'm pretty much done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What was first, the flames? Uh, on my calves, yeah. Right. Because those were easier to cover up. Then I figured, okay, let's do the forearms. And then I said, fuck it, let's get a big back piece. That's why I had the huge cross on my back. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. Tomko must have stood out when he was over there because he's a big guy and the other really, he had a great look. So what was the reception yeah, when he went over? He, he, uh, he fucked himself over over there. Like, I like Tomko, but he made really bad business because him and he was in New Japan, right? Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. He was tag partners with uh, A-Train. Giant yeah, Giant Minard, that's right. Yeah. So, the story is what, I, what happened was, I think it was around this time that Inoki got pushed out of New Japan. And he started his own promotion, IGF. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> so, Tomko and Bernard were like... Uh, tag champs but Inoki I guess had some bitter bitter feelings towards being you know shoved out of the promotion that he created right so they contacted Tonko to to go over and work a work shoot match in IGF right and 
I don't know if they pulled in a laundry blaze Medusa thing with the, the, the tag belt in the trash can or something. Yeah. And what happened was they offered him like a huge, huge, like a five figure payday, right? And put him up at the, the fanciest hotel in Tokyo. And, you know, but he thought it was going to be a longer deal. Mm. It turns out it was just a, a one shot thing. Just, you know what I mean? So, kind of made a bad choice there. Understand? Yeah. You would imagine as well, because this was before Bullet Club, as far as I know. You would imagine when it was building Bullet Club, he would have been one of the first people they probably would have brought in with yeah. his look. But they, they were doing, like, like when Tomko was over there, they were drawing bigger houses at the Tokyo Dome than, than when the Bullet Club exploded over here in North America, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Giant Bernard Albert, um, A-Train, someone we haven't really spoken to, um, spoken about yet. I would love to get him on. Um, how was your dealings with him? Did you have much interaction with him? Yeah, he's all right. Yeah? Yeah. I, we never... I remember we did the... Uh, what I didn't like, it's like, because he was over there for about eight years. He started with all of Japan, and then he jumped over to New Japan. But I remember, remember when the big tsunami hit? Yes. Uh, they, they ran like a, a benefit show at the Budokan. It was all Japan. It was the big three, all Japan, New Japan, and Noah. Right. But uh, we worked for free. You know, it's because all the proceeds were going to, you know, the tsunami victims, right? But like A-Train refused to work the show because he wasn't getting paid. Wow. That kind of left a sour, sour taste in my mouth. It's like, yeah, dude, where the fuck would you be right now if it wasn't for Japan, right? Japanese promotions. What did you think? I don't know if you saw it when they brought him back to WWE. What was this? what was the name of his character? Tenzan. Tenzan, yeah. I got over like a fart in church, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, he had this all this big hype and. I mean, to be fair, they gave him a push at the start. He pinned Cena, but the fans just kept chanting Albert. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was his manager again. Sakamoto. Yes. Yeah. Right? He didn't last very long either, did he? No. Did you see that That uh, they made a YouTube? It was kind of like a racially offensive fucking YouTube video or TikTok video they had made. I haven't seen it. What happened on it? Oh. Well, they were riding together. Sakamoto was driving, and then he made, like, a comment, open your eyes, which was kind of, like, borderline offensive racial... You know what I mean? Borderline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they put that on... Uh, I don't know if it was social media or whatever. I don't know. He caught a lot of heat for that. But what really, what really disappointed me was that he refused to work that show because they weren't getting paid. Yeah, that's pretty shit. You know what I mean? That's, I mean, I've never heard that. I've, that's the first time I've heard about it. So, yeah. It's, like, and, everybody worked it. Zach Sieber Jr. did it. I did it. Uh, Prince Devitt did it. Hmm. Yeah. That's just, uh, disappointing to hear, to be honest, because yeah. I'm a fan of Albert growing up and... Uh, like his A-Train gimmick in 03. Like, I was a fan of that. And uh, 
when he was tagging with Tess, TNA. So, yeah, it's disappointing to hear that about him, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I just have so much love for the country. that. Yeah. You know, and here's another thing about that. Because I was living in Japan when that tsunami happened, right? All right. And I was supposed to be on tour with all Japan. And they were in Sendai where the fucking main thing happened. But I had to come back home to work on some... Uh, it was actually to work on my uh, paperwork to get back into the United States. All right. Remember? Because Johnny told me, uh, get, take care of this stuff and we'll bring it back. Take care of it. So I did. And then during that time, two days before or two days after I got back to Canada, that's when the tsunami happened. Right. It was like five or six in the morning. I got a phone call from my wife and she's screaming and yelling. She's like, turn on the TV and I turn on CNN and it's like my whole world was collapsing, right? Was she still over there at the time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How far was she from it? Well, she, we, we live right in Tokyo, but, right. but then, um, here's the thing about the Japanese. They never cancel shows dude, because nah. there was a huge, uh, there was a huge show at the sumo arena, the Ryugoku. And that's where I wrestled with Vader, but the, like all the, like the government, Canadian government were all saying, if you don't have to travel to Japan, don't go. I was like, fuck this. My wife, my dog, I'm not fucking, you know, so I flew back in. And then like when I landed in, in Japan, dude, like when, like when you land in the Rita airport, it's about an hour, an hour and a half to actual Tokyo. And as we were driving in, there was no lights, there was no electricity, there was nothing. It was the eeriest feeling in the world, man. All the vending machines were gone because there was no water supplies, nothing. That was scary. But yeah, I, I there's no way I was going to stay home, leave my family behind. I had to go back, you know. Oh, yeah. And you know who was in the dojo at that time? It was Sean Spears and uh, another Canadian kid. And they, they left. Right? Yeah. They came back to Canada. Might have been Tyler Brace. Even Sean no, Spears. No, 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 no. No, it's another another Canadian kid. I forget his name. Right. But uh, yeah, so they, they evacuated, they came home, but I was, so this just shows my mentality, how much I love the country. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I worked with Vader on that show. Yeah, you mentioned Vader. It's just, I've been announced he's going to the Hall of Fame. Hey, oh yeah? Oh, good. Yeah. He deserves it. Shame they never inducted him while he was with us. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty bullshit, man. Yeah, we've, I've heard a few stories like that, like Vader really wanted to go on before he passed away in China. Uh, they're right. two what sticks out to me. Uh, while we're on the topic of Vader, he had such a big legacy in Japan. He was massive over there. Yeah. Yeah. But which again, company, which company do you work for? Yeah, it was New Japan or Japan. Both. Both, right. I think he might have worked for Noah, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was a... Uh... But I know he had some shady business. He actually started his own promotion there for a little bit. Didn't know that. Yeah, he had some really good sponsors, and they ran a couple of shows. That's where Test went. And then when Test got back from that show in Japan, is the day he got back is when he overdosed and died in Tampa. Wow. Yeah. Uh, someone asked about Test actually. Um, 
not in the post I put out to say we was doing this. I think it's not in the last week's episode. Uh, they asked about Tess saying I was a big fan. Uh, any Tess stories? Tess? Yeah. You mean Crowbar? <laughs> he was stiff as shit. Uh, no, at first, I don't think we really got along that well. But then we kind of got closer when we, we uh, toured Europe together, post-WWE. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, that first tour of France, we had 10 shows completely sold out, and it was me and Tess in the main event every night. And uh, the episode in Paris actually aired on TV in France, and we beat Raw in the ratings that, that week. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Tess was one of my favorites growing up. I, I know he's just saying he's never really got along till after WWE, but I used to love Tess. <laughs> really? Yeah, well, the big seven foot Jack guy, you know, kicking yeah. people's ass. Yeah. Legitimately. He was a bit of a ladies' man as well. Wow, he's been with some hot ones. Stacy Keebler, Kelly Kelly, yeah. Stephanie, allegedly. Allegedly, really? I never heard that. Well, I know on screen there was, but apparently there was a brief romance between the two. Wow. That's crazy. So, he's done all right for himself. <laughs> well, well unfortunately. Well, not really. He's no longer with us. Yeah, unfortunately. But, um, but no, Tess was one of my favourites. But, yeah, so, during 2008, you made a little short stint in uh, Old Japan 2008, and uh, you teamed up briefly with the Voodoo Murders then. So, yeah. How'd that come about, your first trip there? Well, um, they had seen me in uh, Mexico City at Dragon Mania, and then I was working for Hustle, and then, like, Hustle brokered me out to All Japan. So it was one week with Hustle, one week at All Japan, then another week with Hustle. And that's when I, that's when I really, really fell in love with it, because we're a Kea that we, uh, that we interviewed. He was there, and Joe Doring was there. Yeah, yeah. That's when I really experienced like a Japanese tour, right? And I just had so much fun, so much fun. Yeah. Joe Doring, he's doing uh, quite well in Impact Wrestling. I think he just actually became tag team champion last night. Did he really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Joe's a good guy. I know he had a health scare there. He had a brain tumor. Wow. Yeah, and uh, he got rid of it. So it's good to see that. Uh, yeah, he was with All Japan for Christ a good 10 years. He's in a group in Impact Wrestling with um, fellow Canadian Eric Young and um, Cody Dina. Oh, uh, another Canadian, yeah. Well, they're yeah, all Scott Demore boys, right? Yeah, well, I've actually had Eric Young and Cody Dina on my show, actually. Cody's a great guy. Such a great, uh, fun guy. Uh, but yeah, all uh, Canadian boys, but uh, Violent by Design are actually quite a good group. They did have Rhino with them. They was teaming up with Rhino for a bit, but yeah, they just, well, they've actually just defeated their uh, Bullet Club to become tag champs because uh, Anderson and Gallows were tag champs. TNA tag champs, really? Yeah, well, they're doing a the thing now. Bullet Club is actually in, um, well, it's called Impact now, but TNA. Uh, the leader is Australia, I think he's from Australia, New Zealand, uh, Jay White. Oh, just, yeah. Yeah, he's New Japan, he's the leader now. It's them two and um, another guy, uh, Chris Bay, which he's quite a talent. And so 
but they're doing a story now. They're kind of feuding with um, Gorillas of uh, Destiny, the uh, the brothers. Yeah. Tamar and Tonga. Yeah. Uh, so they're doing that storyline. So it's pretty good stuff, to be honest. So I know you're not much of a fan of today's stuff, American wrestling, but I would say give it impact a look at. They're not doing too bad, to be fair. A lot of uh, Japanese influence on it these days. Yeah. Well, that's good. But um, but no, so you had your stint in Old Japan and uh, i guessing you enjoyed it. Who was uh, running it at that point? Muto. Muto was, uh, yeah. And then Uchida-san was the president. That was Muto's buddy. And I became really close with him too. So, but yeah, then uh, when my contract was up at Hustle, they off, the All Japan offered me to go there, but I opted to go back with, uh, back with Hustle. <laughs> but I was still doing those um, France and European tours while I was going over, you know what I mean? It was another five-year deal. But then when Hustle went out of business, that's when I signed with All Japan and moved over there. That was 2000, uh, end of 2009. What was the uh, biggest differences, you know, between Hustle and All Japan when you first, well, now that you signed for All Japan? Well, they ran like, you know, 10, 10 shows a month as opposed to Hustle. They only ran maybe five tops. Right. Yeah. And then uh, it was wrestling. You wrestled, you know, it wasn't all this dressing up in a mask and uh, you know, I call myself Armageddon and all that other shit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was probably one of the best times of my career, from 2009 to 2011. Well, video murders, I've just been like, I'll be honest, Renee, like I, I've never really watched a lot of all Japan stuff, um, but Obviously, since doing the show with you, I've looked more into it, especially like your time in it and video murders. And man, they was innovative. For like, I'm and I'm looking at the previous people that's been on the roster, and a lot of people who we've had on the show, but like other people like Johnny Bull and like Chuck Palumbo and that. And I'm looking at them, I'm like, well, wow, this is kind of like Bullet Club before Bullet Club. <laughs> well, they all Japan, they all have factions, right? It's like yeah. now, now in Noah I'm with Sugura, Sugura Gun which is uh, Sugita's little group, you know, and then there's Congo. And then uh, I think there's some more groups there that not too, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, there's always little groups. But Bullet Club pretty, got pretty hot there mm. for a few years. But here's an exclusive that nobody knows. Here we go. I've never said this. I've never said this in 12 years publicly but what really started the wrestling boom was new japan getting on north american television do you know what country they're on first gotta take a punt and say canada <laughs> the fight network canada right the distribution company it's called Fighting Spirit. They're based out of Toulouse, France. Right. 
what French-speaking Canadian wrestler you know lived in Japan? I feel like I'm speaking to him right now. <laughs> That's right. I'm the guy that broke a dead deal. Wow. New Japan doesn't even know it. No? No. So you brokered it. So tell us about it then. Brokering it, who approached you or did you approach them? Oh, after watching the Japanese wrestling product and touring France, one of our sponsors was Fighting Spirit Magazine, which is owned by one brother. His brother owned Fighting Spirit Distribution. Right. Right. And people might say, well, you never work for New Japan. Doesn't matter because all those promotions, remember I told you, they all work together. Yeah, you said, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of them are on the same TV networks. I talked with one of the TV producers and I got the tapes for the big three. And I did a show over in France and I said, I don't want paid. Just give me a meeting with your brother because that the one, the one brother was running a show and he contacted me. I said, just give me a meeting with, give me a meeting with your brother. Originally, I wanted all Japan but the administration at the time thought I was crazy and I didn't know what I was talking about. So I, I went to a higher up. I said, go with New Japan. This was in 2010. 2013, I'm sitting home in Canada and I put on the fight network and what do I see? New Japan. And then I wait to the end. Produced by such and such fighting spirit distribution. I was like, holy shit. It worked. Oh. But a year after that, they were on TV, Access, uh, Access Television, right? In the United States. Yeah, that was the one, yeah. Yeah. And then they started developing the New Japan world. So there. So Kenny Omega, Bullet Club, Dave. Y'all didn't do shit. They can all thank Cody you. Rhodes. <laughs> Cody Rhodes. You didn't do fuck all, prick. <laughs> Has New Japan ever approached you about joining them? Um, I approached them, which is not what you're supposed to do in Japanese culture. Uh, I think it was weird because one of their bookers added me on social media right after I uh, did that show for the Knights. That big show they did, they, they drew like five or 6,000 people. That's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Right. And then uh, right after I did that show, that's when I'm not going to mention names, but a very important person there added me on social media. <laughs> but then I started with Noah. So. Sure. Something we'll talk about in uh, no episode when we do one. But um, so video matters. Great gimmick, a great like entrance. And we spoke about your entrance with the candle, and obviously, like we could say ripped off. We like to say copied by Bay Riot or paying tribute to you. Um, but <laughs> what's some of your fun times being part of Freedom Murders? Oh, the, the nightlife went out with the sponsors afterwards. But it's cool because we got to do like. You know how like Brody and Hanson would go through the crowd and brawl and all that shit? We did a lot of that too, right? Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, it was just a great time. Just a really good time. You know, it's such it's such different because that's old school pro wrestling. It's not uh, entertainment land where you have a script and then you have some producer trying to tell you move for move what to do and mm. you're just a puppet, right? You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, AEW yeah. um, seems to be copying the Japanese style. You know, with having like loads of little factions. Everybody copies the Japanese style, James. It's true, but everybody WWE from Samoa Joe. The, all those Ring of Honor guys, Brian Danielson, yeah. they all copy the Japanese style. All right? They'd sit and watch tapes. Well, no, Brian Danielson actually got in the ring with the guys. Yeah, to be he, fair. He wrestled over there. So did Joe. Yeah. A guy like uh, old uh, Punky Brewster, he went over there. You know how many tours he lasted? One. And I'm being generous. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't want him again. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So what did he do? He sat and watched tapes of the top guys like Kenta and copied all his shit. And he took uh, Tenzon, the Anaconda Vice. Yes. That's New Japan Tenzon. That's his fucking finish. Do you get, uh, do you get long, Kenta? Uh, I just met him once. Cool dude. Right. Yeah. Hopefully, I think, I don't know, is he still with Noah? Did he switch over or did he go back to New Japan? I don't know. He's in, as far as I know, I might be wrong, he's in New Japan, but he did pop over Noah because he was doing that cross-promotion. Right. So, um, I haven't really heard much about him lately. Uh, I've been hearing a lot about your old running mate, Sonada. So, uh, he's doing some great stuff at the minute. Well, he's, I mentioned it last time, he's IWGP US, US champion, champ. so he's doing good. Such a great talent. Uh, he's in he Impact. He was in Impact Wrestling as well. They didn't do a lot with him, and um, it's a shame. Nah, you know what the fuck they were doing. They dressed him up like Muda. They put the face paint on him and shit. One person who was in Old Japan, well, he's, I don't know if he's still in Old Japan or if he's moved since, uh, and he went over to WWE, Yoshitatsu? Yeah. He's in Old Japan now. Is he in Japan now? Yeah. Yeah. Not much uh, runnings with him. Never met him. Heard he kicked the shot of uh, Sheamus, though. Well, Did you hear that story? I don't think I have. Yeah, they were roommates or something. and uh, They were roommates, yeah. And apparently, I think it had something to do with like him not washing the dishes and he tried to big dog him and thought you kicked the shot of him. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could see that. Right? Uh, yeah. I um, had Joe Redman on my show, and he was an yeah, English guy. He was in WWE for a brief period in NXT, the original NXT. Yeah. And he um, but he went over to all Japan. He's hoping to go back over there, but obviously with the pandemic, he hasn't been able to. Uh, but he said that he teams a lot, of, uh, teams a lot with uh, Yoshitatsu, and he keeps saying he said everyone loves Yoshi over there. They what? Everyone loves him? Yeah. Yeah. Yoshi. I never met him, but I don't think I've met a Japanese town that I don't get along with, man. They're always great people, man. Just the whole, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Even a guy like Kawada, like you hear all, all the foreigners have problems with Kawada. But, you know, he's Japanese, so instead of shaking his hand, you bow. And then he appreciates that, right? Yeah. You just gotta, listen, if I go to England, I try to 
you know, respect you guys' culture, even though it's a Western culture, so there's a lot of similarities, right? But if I go to Mexico or if I go to Japan, you try to at least attempt or put the effort forward to try to do things the way they do it, right? Mm. You know, a lot of foreign guys don't, you know, and they're assholes about it, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. You mentioned the nightlife in Japan, which we'll probably talk more about. What about the daylife in Japan? Well, like I said, when I was at Hustle, I would just sit in my room and read all day. Right. <laughs> but now, if I live all Japan. All Japan? Well, well, I was living there, right? That's right. So my routine was, I would literally go to the gym twice a day. Because I was living in a, in a section called, uh, 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 fuck, what was it called? I was living in the high-end part of, of Tokyo. Okay. And I was one stop away from Shibuya. Anybody who's been in Japan, they know where Shibuya is. I've heard of it, but I've never been out, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And Shibuya was just like the high end, really yeah. busy, busy part. So that was where the gym was a goals gym there. And two stops, two stops there was uh, Motesando, which was another great gym. And uh, so I wake up in the morning, I get my first workout in. And then uh, play on the internet when I'm done. Then in the afternoon, I would wait till the, the rush was gone because I told you about the subway, so you get crammed in there. And it's, oh, it sucks. So I just wait till the morning rush was done and the subways are empty. That's when I go, right? And uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what I did on my days off. Just worked out constantly. Did, you, um, did your dad ever work in Japan or? Did he ever go no. over there? No. 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 What was his thoughts on the success he was having in Japan then? Because obviously you mentioned last time he was trying to encourage you to stay in WWE, but obviously you made your mind that you wanted to go. So when you started going over to Japan, what was his reaction to that and seeing the success he was having? Well, he didn't really see it. Well, hearing no. about it, I suppose. I never really, you know, he's an old school wrestler. Like, how much money did you make? That's all I imagine. That's what matters, to be fair. Yeah. It's like, did you pay your bills? Okay. Did you save some money? Yeah, okay. That's all that matters. No. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something. No. <laughs> but, um, so, who else was part of Voodoo Mills at this time then? Um, and which of the American or, like, you know, Western wrestlers was over there? Uh, I think Super Crazy came in. Oh, I don't know. I don't think he was. I don't think he was Voodoo Murderer. Right. Lance we, need we need to get Lance super Kade. crazy on. Huh? I don't super think crazy? super crazy. I think he's, he's working crazy. for Noah again. Oh, dude! If he, when you do go back, we're gonna yeah. have to get one. Yeah. It'd be great. More than likely, yeah, more than likely, we'll be on tour together, or he might be staying at the same dojo. I don't know. Oh, no, so no, he got married to a Japanese woman too. Right. He lives over there, yeah. He got married to a Japanese woman. Love super crazy. Was you a big ECW fan growing up, Renee? I've never asked you. I, well, I was just a wrestling fan, period. Yeah. So I watched whatever wrestling there was. Mm. But I like, but uh, we had it here towards the end of their, I think we only came on TV here maybe in 99 or 2000 on TNN. Right. And it was only an hour long. Yeah, that's right, and yeah. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't it was, the same. 
I've been watching a lot of the older stuff, like 94, 95. Uh, and uh, you can see a difference between that stuff and like when they start, when they got on TN, uh, TNN. Yeah. Yeah, it just the production value just wasn't the same as like a WCW or WWF, right? Mm. But I mean, I loved any any type of wrestling I could see. Yeah. But it was very, one thing I noticed it was a lot, you could tell it was, that was the beginning of this choreograph overly choreographed wrestling oh yeah that was the, the real, yeah yeah <laughs> we'll have to watch song one day on a specific show renee i think it'll be fun going back in time i couldn't watch today's <laughs> stuff <laughs> i think i can watch today's stuff um so and uh you tagged back up with uh kenzo over there as well yeah he came into the voodoo murders right yeah that was here's the thing man like I didn't even know he was booked. I just walk into the Corcoran Hall, go into the dressing room, there's fucking Kenzo. So, you know, and then like in Japan, like hugging and stuff, that's kind of like taboo, especially with men. And even shaking hands, right? But when we saw each other, we just gave each other a big hug and all the Japanese were like, what the? Because they didn't even know we were attacked. Well, well. Well, it was, yeah, like Minoru Suzuki was like, what the fuck? Because he doesn't watch WWF. <laughs> you know, he doesn't follow that shit. So Kenzo had to explain to him, you know? Yeah. So um, there was a bit incident. Taro and Hirai, I hope I pronounced that right, they had a fight backstage. How did you know about that? Renee, we've known each other six months. You know how much research I find out? I'll fuck it up. And then, Is and that then, on the internet? I found it. <laughs> Holy shit. So you, know when, you know when we've got our trolls? Ooh, what does James contribute? I contribute a fucking lot, okay? I can't believe that got out. Well, I found out. Okay, what'd you hear? I was there. Uh, I was there when it happened. Well, I heard they had a fight, and Hirai suffered a stroke because of it. That led towards Muta leaving all Japan, and Fudu Murders disbanded. Well, not disbanded, but all the Japanese time got. Disbanded from Voodoo Murders. Uh, that's what killed the Voodoo Murders, yeah. yeah I, I was I there. Research. I did my research, Renee. Wow, that got on the internet? So you tell us about it. You got the full story. Yeah, I was there. So it's before the show. We're, it's not, we're not in Osaka, but we're somewhere near Osaka. Voodoo Murders had her own dress room, right? Oh, awesome. So I went, we usually... Japanese promotions usually get to the show three hours before. So a lot of guys, you know, uh, they usually have their own weight equipment and stuff. And you have guys like Suzuki, who's like fucking stretching all the young boys and beating the fuck out of them before the show. <laughs> <laughs> so I went down to the convenience outside to go to the convenience store. As I'm coming back, as I go to open the door, the door swings open and it's, it's Hirai holding his holding his face like this. And I walk into the dressing room, all the, all the Japanese boys are wiping the walls down, all the blood. Wow. Yeah, there was blood all over the seat. I mean, it was, it was, it was bad, right? So, the show starts, Hirai is on right before me, right? He does his match. So I'm back, like there's a curtain, whatever, and his match is done. You know, I'm doing my squats, pushing up, just, you know, stretching and stuff. 
He finishes his match, <clears throat> sits down, pukes, then goes into convulsions. Yeah. Yeah. Ambulance had to come pick him up. And I think now he's, uh, he's like a permanently brain dead. Wow. So that, that shows the dangers of performing while having a concussion. Yeah. Because I see it like he's permanently, like he, he, he's like a, has to be like taken care of the rest of his life. Where was he in the pecking order? Tyro was the leader of Reading Matters, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, you know, he was a great guy. He's actually, he, you know, who broke his arm once in a match it was Chris Jericho. Really? Yeah. I think it was after a lion salt or something. He broke his arm. Yeah. But he died second generation. Right. Father was a wrestler. Really good guy. I don't know what the fight was over. No, but I, I, can't find, I can't find out about that. <laughs> yeah. But Taru, man, like, because Taru, I was in the match with Taru, and I remember Taru like, screaming at him, like, because he felt bad, right? And then during the match, Taru just, he, he didn't tag in. No emotion, you could tell that. Because I mean, listen, uh, sometimes, especially in any, you get in a fight. Oh, yeah. Right? It happens. Yeah. But you don't want a guy, you don't want to fuck up a guy to the point where he's, you know what I mean? No, you want to teach him a lesson, but you don't want to permanently yeah. injure someone because right. you feel like a piece of shit. Yeah. Then Taru got fired. And that's what, yeah, that's what led to uh, Muda stepping down. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, Voodoo Mayor's obviously um, did it last long much after this, or was it? No, it was done after that. Done. Done, yeah. Yeah. Because you carried on teaming with Joe Doring afterwards, though. Did we? I think so. Okay. (laughs) So what the internet says, it must be true. (laughs) It must be true. I remember having a couple of singles matches with Joe and Cork and all. But uh, yeah, that was, but that, that really, that really shows the danger of if you have head trauma or concussion, you got to let yourself heal. Mm. You know what I mean? So just all the concussions I've gotten where I didn't take time off and I was back in the ring, you know, like I know, I know I have CT, like if it's not yet developed, it's going to, you know, there's no way I can't, you know. So when I mentioned that to you, you seemed really surprised. So how much was it kept hush-hush then during your time there? I think it actually got into, um, I think the, the sports the sports papers and the newspapers got the story. I mean, they couldn't right. hide it. They couldn't hide it because the guy, the guy is permanently like mentally disabled now, right? Yeah. So they had to make some statements and, I know a, a lot of a lot of senior officials were were pissed at Muda just the way he handled it or whatever, right? I know it was a big thing, but then again, I'm not Japanese, so I didn't know the whole the whole. No. Just, just that just goes to show like the shit that happened with me and Bob, right? Hmm. And then the next day, me getting into the ring in a hardcore match, getting bashed over it. See how fucking dangerous that was? And that was a setup from the office. Like the office set that up. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man, I'm a fucking idiot. 
was about to say that. Um, how much uh, that incident affect all Japan in general? Was it like a really negative effect after that? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it didn't help, but you know, time heals all wounds. Mm. You know, people forget about shit after a while. But yeah, it wasn't a. Taru, Taru got a lot of heat. Taru has never been with a major company since. No? Yeah. He, he, got, he got blacklisted for about a good three, four years after that. When's the last time you heard from him? Uh, I've seen him on, I think he does like spot shows for Zero One and stuff like that, like the smaller, smaller independents, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Shame. Um, oh, last time I seen him was when I went back to Wrestle One. Right. They brought him in specifically, a Voodoo Murderers re uh, reunion, and that's when my fucking flight got fucking delayed and I missed the show. Shit. That was like one of the best, it was like 2,000 people. That was one of the best houses Wrestle One had like since they started, was yeah. when I came back for that big match, right? And I fucking missed the show. Oh, God, Moody was pissed. God, he was mad at me. I said, I can't fly the plane, bro. There's only one flight a day that leaves. I couldn't make it. Sorry. Uh, one thing they did do, though, or Japan, they used to talk quite a lot. And there was one point when they went to Canada. So Sanada just became the champion. Um, the singles title. I forgot the name of the title. <laughs> I did write it down, but I forgot. But you defeated Gaiota TV title. That's right. Yeah. You I know. defeated them. I won it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so after my hernia surgery, um, don't forget, this was my third hernia surgery. So after I had the surgery, I think that was in August or September of 2011, I didn't wrestle for the rest of the year, and I made a decision with my wife to move back January of 2012. Right. Because so, I just I said, fuck it, I'm not going to get back in the ring or lift weights up to this fucking, because I'm tired of getting fucking cut open, right? Yeah. And then, um, so I took 2012, I think I only wrestled maybe half a dozen matches that year. And then 2013, I was like, you know what? I've done a lot in wrestling, but I want to try promoting my own shows, my own tours, just to see if I can do it, right? And that's when I contacted uh, All Japan to bring in some guys. So I wanted to develop a relationship. You know, I want to show them like, hey, this could be a, this could be something here. Like back in the days, all the Japanese town would go on excursion to like Europe or yeah, like, like for example, like uh, um, Tenru spent time in Texas with the Funks, and he also went to Florida. But mm. Jumbo Saruta, Jumbo Saruta, he also spent time in Texas with the Funks, right? And that that elevates the Japanese when they go on an excursion, right? It's like they go out to learn and then they go back and they become bigger stars. Same thing like how many how many top stars went to Japan before they went to WWE or vice versa, right? A few. Right? Yeah. So. Okada, he went over to uh, TNA. Yeah. And, uh, like, oh, here's, uh, here's an exclusive for you. Did you know that New Japan originally went to Kurokata? Yeah. 
You know who saved him? Is it you? Chono. Chono. Chono stepped in, you know, this kid's special. Uh, Chono, I told you, Chono, Chono Sam is like the fucking godfather, dude. Well, I'm sure we'll be getting him one day on the year. Um, but now they sent Okada to TNA, and like, uh, he, he was just, you know, he had black hair, just black uh, trousers, and um, didn't they dress him up like Zoro or some shit? No, do you remember the Green Hornet? <laughs> no, Kato, Bruce Lee. Let me guess, who was right? Who was the Booker? Who was? I think it was Russo. Okay. <laughs> Stereotype. Okay. What did what did he was tagging with? What? So he, he's dressed up as Kato from the Green Hornet. Guess right? who he's tagging with? I don't know. Samoa Joe. Oh jeez. But to be fair, unless it's been mistranslated, Okada's actually come out and he's actually thanked Russo because it showed them what it's like to build a character. Oh. So, take it how you will, but you actually... They're very, the Japanese are always very politically correct and polite. I suppose there's that as well. Very. I would love to see you tangle with uh, Okada one day. God, I'd kill him. You'd kill him? <laughs> Not beat him. Yeah, I'll just kill him. I'll just... Yeah. No, because he and, I, he and I are the same size physically. Yes. And we do a lot of the same high spots, like top rope elbow, high drop kick. God, I think we could do we could do some really good business over there. But it's not to me to decide, right? Nope. Um, but you didn't uh, defeat Sonata for the title, um, but you gave up because you decided to leave Old Japan. Was that right? Well, it was after the hernia surgery, yeah. Yeah, so um, did they ever contact you again about Resigning for him, or was did you think right? It's me done with all Japan. I want to try something else. Yeah, I just wanted to take a year off. Yeah, because up to that point, I was nonstop for how old was I? Going to be, I was going to turn twenty-eight, so ten years nonstop, right? Man, you're still a kid. I know. Not a kid, but still twenty-eight year old. Still yeah. young. Well. Well, I've been wrestling since I was 14, but like 18 is when I moved to the States with WWF. Yeah. That's so it's nonstop, right? Yeah, a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people realize is how young you actually was in WWE because you didn't yeah. look 18. That was the thing, Renee. You looked like you was in your mid 20s. So, yeah. you know. Well, you've seen, you seen, you seen the video when I was 15, right? <laughs> well, everyone's watched it on the channel. But everyone, if you yeah. haven't watched it, check it out. Yeah. You know, if you're looking for bodybuilding advice from Renee, if you're a 15 year old out there and you want to look like that, message us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that'll put a pin on these stories for Japan, Renee. Like, we'll probably we'll put Wrestle One in a topic one day and obviously Pro Wrestling Noah. But these first few years of going to Japan, you've done Hustle and now that's your old Japan career. How much of this overall? part so far like oh Rick. wait 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 we didn't talk about roman reigns wanting to go over to all japan 2010 well here you go tell us all about it so rosie which was big maddie yeah is roman's that's brother that's right with Rosie. so before 
before uh, he debuted with WWE, that he wanted to, or his brother suggested he come to Japan for a few tours. But the old Japan office wanted him to live in the dojo. Right. For three months. And he, re- he didn't want to do that. He just wanted to go over and tour and get, you know, two or three tours and then sign with WWF. But all Japan said, no, we're not, we want you to come live and train in the dojo. But he didn't do that. So, yeah. Oh, and then um, we didn't talk about Landscape. Because Landscape, we were together in Hustle. That's right. He got resigned with the WWF, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then he, we had kept in contact and he was like, I got to get out of here. I just can't do it. And then uh, I said, okay. So I got him his job in all Japan. And he came over as a voodoo murderer, right? Yes. And then uh, I remember when Muda saw him, I knew, I knew as soon as the office, like Muda saw him, because Muda likes big guys too, right? And he saw him, because Muda, uh, Keg at 6'5", fucking 280, could come off the top rope with that elbow. It was, it was impressive, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, they wanted, okay, they were going to build him up for a triple count, a triple crown, which I think it was Kojima was the champion at that time. Probably, yeah. But there was rumblings that they were going to put us in a tag league to where we would win, the, possibly win the uh, tag titles. And I heard about it, but I didn't want to tell Cade, right? And uh, as a matter of fact, when I went to France to do that business deal for the the New Japan television deal, the day I got back is when I, uh, I'm in the airport in Arita, and my wife calls me and she told me Lance, Lance, Lance died. That was fucking brutal, man. It's horrible because you, you tell these stories, Lance Cade, Rosie, uh, Umaga, um, Sean O'Hare, like we hear all these stories. It's like, man, we should be talking to these people now. Yeah, it's like, even though you might not be the best of friends or even acquaintances at all when you're there, it'd be kind of nice to like go to a cauliflower alley and just fucking, you know what I mean? Because I mean, my first pay per view match was against Tess, some of the biggest business I've done. Yeah. In my in my career, especially as a bit when France was with Test, so I mean, uh, you know, at forty or fifty, I kind of like to be able to go to like a, a cauliflower island, like, sit down, have a beer, and just reminisce about that shit. But now you can, right? It's and that's I mean, love doing the topics when it's just me and you, Renee. I really do enjoy doing it, but I love doing the interviews when we've got guests on, and I enjoy sitting back and listening to you and. For example, Johnny Gia, Mike Mondo, or <laughs> some you know upcoming guests, but a lot of the OVW people yeah. like use reminiscing in those times. And for me, it's a pleasure just to sit back and like listen to these stories. Yeah. Um, but it is a shame, like so many wrestlers passed away at such young ages, and um, Test was like 32, 33, I think. Thirty-three, yeah. Yeah. And so it's a shame, but now. Um, but yeah, these first trips to Japan and obviously all Japan 
how much of these uh, reignited your love of wrestling after being really low after leaving WWE? Yeah, it definitely. Uh, but that's the thing. Like after um, when I, uh, I was when well, Vince called me about returning, right? And then I got my hopes up again, right? I think, okay, because it was a, a good guarantee, you know, far more than what I left for. Nothing compared to what I'm hearing now, though. The guarantee is no. Oh, yes. Yeah, crazy now. Right. Even the referees were getting paid stupid amount. And then when that fell through, then my fucking I just started hating wrestling again. Yeah. So one lesson that I've learned is that Maybe in my case, I should just completely ignore them and not even think about them. Yeah. When I get too close, bad things happen to my my, my health, mental health. So that's the thing. Like, I kind of hear about these guarantees. Like, when I hear about the, that really makes you mad, too. You know, I think that's human nature, right? Do you, do you know what annoys me? <laughs> What's up? Obviously, I don't know what the WWE locker room's like. I can only go off hearing your stories and other people's stories, but by the sounds of it, the locker room is a lot better than what it was during your time. Yeah. A lot better. When you see the likes of Mustafa Ali and all these people complaining about booking, oh, I'm being wasted. Oh, I just get paid to sit at catering. I'm like, is that really a bad thing? You're getting really, really well paid. Yeah, you all want to be in the main event. You all want to wrestle, but you're being, you know, con- you're being... You're getting paid really well. <laughs> right. right. You know, it's not like back in the day. Right. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, my last year there, I made less than six figures. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So. When, I, when I debuted on Raw with the resistance, it was... And then it went... Every year after that, it went down. I had um, just incredible on my show. And yeah, this would have been around about the same time because he was part of that ECW relaunch. Uh-huh. And he said to me, I said, the reason I quit, I went to pay a flat, pay for a flight to go over for a show. And they just didn't put enough money in. And I'll keep waiting for my payments and he wouldn't pay me. He had to pay his own flight? So he says. What? So he says. Well, dude. You'd have to pay me that much, uh, a seven-figure or high six-figure guarantee now, because look at the pr- look at the place uh, price of petrol. Everything's gone up. A rent a car. Good luck trying to find one less than a hundred dollars a day. Yeah. Good luck trying to find a reasonable hotel for less than one hundred fifty dollars a day. Mm. Right. And then the food. Everything has gone up. Yeah. I can imagine like the way I ate at restaurants. Oh. It's probably why all the wrestlers are a lot smaller these days. They just can't afford the food. <laughs> right. Right. So um, how many 260-pound wrestlers do you see these days? Yeah, there's not that many, right? Roman Reigns, and I, I think he's probably about 240. I think, no, I think yeah. Roman's, I think Roman is actually about 260. No, when they say 260, he's probably around 245, 250. <laughs> it's wrestling, James. I'm still learning, Renee. I'm yeah. still learning. <laughs> right. Well, uh, so I suppose before we go, uh, we'll do some fan questions. Uh, 
thanks again everyone for giving us your questions really enjoyed the support you've been giving to the channel hope you enjoy these two episodes on renee leaving to viewing on japan uh we're going back to normal next time with a fan topic video but fan questions renee are you ready i guess i guess question a couple of questions by where's he uh, a couple of questions for renee <laughs> We, we've already spoke about but unless there's another one any locker room fights you witnessed while in japan oh, just, any that one, just that one with uh taru and uh yeah trying to think no no just that one just that one yeah right uh another question by him uh what do japanese wrestlers think of american wrestling <laughs> I had a friend of mine did a New Japan seminar and uh, I guess there was one of the trainees or the tried to do some American style wrestling and the, the sensei was like this is Japanese wrestling not that American shit yeah a lot of them I'm sure there's some wrestlers that might like it, but for the most part, I had a young boy here living with me, right? Because I had, was doing, I was bringing Japanese, the students here to work my tours. So I figured, okay, we'll put on Raw, try to entertain him a little bit. He's watching it and they're talking, talking, talking. He can't understand what the fuck they're saying. Nah. He, went back, he went right back to his laptop to watch New Japan. That answers the question. Are you surprised Shinsuke Nakamura ends up going over because he was massive in Japan? Money, bro. Yeah. He hasn't had a bad career over there, to be fair. I know everyone says, oh, I should be a world champ, but I always say not everyone could be a world champion. Let me ask you a question. What's uh, WWE's second largest market? I, I like me, in my ignorance, I, I used to say Europe, but is it Japan? your country yeah UK yeah how many English champions have there been none <laughs> I'm still waiting <laughs> I'm trying to claim I'm trying to think should I celebrate Drew McIntyre being champion <laughs> he is Scottish <laughs> I was surprised Wade Barrett didn't become champ no their biggest fucking houses when I was there they would go there twice a year and they would run what 14, 15 shows that were completely sold out, two tours a year, right? They'd run yeah. two TVs too, or actually they run four TVs because they were two SmackDowns, two Raws, hmm. right? That's more than here in Canada. And then, uh, well, their houses have been on the decline over the last 15. I'm not surprised. Right? <laughs> yep. Still, that's their second largest mind. There's never been an English champion. No. It Surprise! Never like back in the day, we had the bulldog, but they never put the belt on him. But at the same time, it's too many big stars at the time. Not everyone could have been the world champ. Um, since then, Wade Barrett, uh, Stu Bennett, um, people know as a mass, uh, he could have been a champion. He had the look, he had a good talker. He's a color commentator now for NXT. So, I never um, seen him wrestle. No, nah, he's no. all right. Um, but well, and 
last question. Um, Manatee. Yeah, last question from him. Uh, have you ever met Hikushi? No. As Jinsei Shizaki, Shinzaki, right? His real name, Jinsei Shinzaki. I was yeah, supposed cool. to do a seminar with him in the UK one time. And it didn't happen for some reason. I forget what happened. But no, never met him. He was a hell, he was good, man. I remember watching him as a kid against Brett. Oh, in your house. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Uh, not so much a question, but I, I'm going to put it down anyway. Yeah, from Adam Emerson. He says, awesome podcast. Enjoyed listening to the episodes while he recovers from a heart attack. He recovers from a heart attack? Yeah, he's been listening to our episodes while he's been <laughs> recovering. So I want to say thank you, and I'm opening you in bed because my father's had a history of heart problems and heart attacks. So if this is helping you get better, that's a big compliment. Yeah, get well soon, dude, and um, I'm glad we can help. <laughs> To be honest, listening to me is probably giving them the answer. <laughs> 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 love you. Thank you. Um, so, uh, question from uh, Manic Demise. Hello again, James and Renee. Have you ever? That's a great question. Have you ever had any uh, paranormal exper experiences during your trips to Japan? If not, has anybody close to you had one over there? Regards from Tasmania, Aaron. I did one time when I was living uh, in the apartment. I was sleeping in bed and the door was open. It went into the, like the living room and I saw this foggy, it was kind of fucked up. I thought it might have been like a bad acid trip, you know, like uh, <laughs> from previous, you know, usage. But yeah, but I heard that happens a lot over there. And when I used to ride with Kenzo in WWE, he told me a lot of stories of him uh seeing ghosts he yeah. saw his grandfather's ghost just like his upper torso and talked to him so yeah that happens a lot in japan i've heard no end stories um have you heard about the the story about the girl um with the mask on right um so the legend is so there's this guy so it happens every time someone comes from a bar from a uh, pub or whatever they call him over there they would this one guy who's walking through a forest and he would see this girl and she would have like white dress on and she would have, she'd be wearing like a be like a surgeon's mask right and she'll ask him like oh do you think i'm pretty or something like that and i forgot which way he said if you say yes she'll take a mask off and i'll just re reveal these like razor sharp teeth and whatever and she'll eat you or if you said no same thing but apparently if you just like kind of ignore ignore and just go mm, then she'll kind of leave she'll keep asking you keep asking until you get home then she'll go away really really that's fucked and there's that forest isn't there where a lot of oh the suicide forest yeah. yeah yeah that's uh that's creepy well i mentioned to you before off camera that um He's going to be at WrestleMania, actually. He's, he's tagged him in with a jizz against Mysterio and his kid, oh, yeah. Logan Paul. Yeah. Um, oh, you told me. He went in there and took... Oh, that's, 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 that's fucked. That's disrespect. That's, what the fuck? Well, I told you, didn't I? He was 
going around with uh, Pokeballs and throwing them at Japanese people saying, you know, Pokeball, go. What a prick. Kenny I Omega. I don't like that guy. I don't Kenny know Omega was really upset about it. Kenny Omega did? He was really upset about it. Yeah, that's bullshit, dude. Um, next one. Uh, Gerardo Almanza. Uh, if any, what were some difficulties Renee faced during the beginning of the Japan uh, run? Just a language barrier. You know what I mean? Hmm. And then uh, ordering food sometimes. You know, me trying to, to learn Japanese and fucking up the order. <laughs> That's why there's, uh, I, I go to restaurants where they have a picture menu. So I just say this one or two because the portions there are so small in comparison to like Western culture, right? So sometimes I have to order double the food, to, you know. Well, was, was there a case where you went to order something and they brought out something completely different? Yeah, I tried because I eat a lot of eggs, right? Right. And I would, there was this noodle shop. Fuck, it was so good. Ramen noodles. Do you like ramen noodles? I read them. Oh, my God. The food in Japan is fuck. Anyway, they have these eggs, right? And what they do, my wife makes it. They, they, they put it in this special, like boiled eggs, and they put it in this special sauce, and they leave it there for like sometimes a week. So oh, all the sauce gets soaked into the egg, and it turns brown. But, oh, it's so fucking delicious. Anyway, I tried ordering six, but I, I, I fucked up and I actually ordered 12. Yeah, because I, I was trying to be smart. You know, I thought, oh, yeah, I got this. I know how to speak Japanese, which I fuck, fucked it all up. So I had to bring more eggs. Than, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Akan Innovation, a great podcast. Uh, did you face any stigma when you first arrived in Japan? You mentioned in one of your responses to Booker T, you've had quite a few, <laughs> um, that real wrestlers emanate from Japan and WWE is just purely sports entertainment, not pro wrestling. So what was the locker room like with the other wrestlers? Uh, was the other wrestlers open to your experience in WWE since you were very popular there? And he hopes you didn't face any JBLs or Bob Hollies over there. Nah, there's not a lot of shit. No. Takiyama was one of the coolest. Tenru, he was so fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, I didn't see any of that shit. No. Nah. Yeah. That's why I love being over there, man. It's all about respect. Mm. Yeah, professionalism. Uh, team Play asks, how were the Japanese women? Well, I married one, didn't I? Yep. So that's your answer. Honestly, dude, I don't think I could ever marry another another uh, race of woman. She spoiled me too much. Right? Awesome. Uh, Crispy Cruiser, was there any talk of giving you the big uh, title singles push in WWE? WWE, yeah, the, it was. The, I think I think it was the inevitable. Yeah, oh. you mentioned you know you almost went back in uh, 2010, 2011. Yeah. Um, did they ever? Did they talk any creative with you during them calls or nothing? 
No, they just said that I was gonna, I was gonna go back on top. Hmm. Who was there? Cena was still there at that time. Cena, Orton, um, still quite a few. Of, um, I would have been thrown in. I would have been thrown in a raising there with them. Who would you have liked to work with? It, um, who you didn't work with in WWE, like during your first time? You mentioned last week uh, Orton. You would have liked to work with. Yeah, because I know it'd be money. Yeah. Still could be. I know you don't really watch much of it now, but is there anyone who you would have liked to work with now? Who's on top? Roman? I'll work with him. Lesnar? I'll work with him. Yep. Yeah. Even Rollins could have a good match. Seth Rollins? I can have a good match for anybody. I'm not trying to sound cocky, but I'm just saying I can have yeah. a good match for anybody. Yeah. Question from Adam Page. I don't know if that's the AEW champion, Hangman Adam Page, but um, have you and James ever had any arguments or disagreements behind the scenes? Yeah, he's a prick. <laughs> We've had oh, one. We did? What was it over? Two fighters. You don't like Dave Grove. <laughs> well, I just, at the time, I just thought he was trying to, which from a business standpoint makes sense, capitalize on the fact that, you know, Kurt Cobain had all the talent. He was just, you know, a hanger on. Him and Courtney loves hates each other. Right. I think they're friends now, but she always used to just refer to him as the drummer. Right, right. Yeah, I already said animosity because when Kurt Cobain died, it's like he's automatically started and they want to be the front man. Mm. You know what I mean? So he's capitalizing on, all the, on the death of Kurt the popularity of Nirvana because you know what happens as soon as someone dies they all of a sudden become even better than they were right yeah right so, um, okay is that it for questions I'll do one more one more let's <laughs> <laughs> um, bring one alright here's one uh, Carl Hanaran um, hey boys I spent many months in Japan and went on to marry a beautiful Japanese woman uh, my question is, what qualities about your wonderful wife, which are different from North American women, do you admire most? She's not materialistic. Uh, and she doesn't mind putting me first as opposed to always her, 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 her. And if like I were to eventually be in a wheelchair, I know she'll be there to push me. As oh, mine, to, mine is just pushing me off the cliff. Right. As opposed yeah. to most materialistic Western women who just need to buy a $25,000 Louis Vuitton so they can go show off to their friends. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. As soon as I see a woman wearing like Parada or all that shit, to me, it's like, it's an automatic turn off. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, Renee, another great episode. So before we do go, uh, tell everyone who's going to be joining us this coming Monday. This Monday, a fellow Canadian. I think he just started in Impact Wrestling as an announcer. You know him as Santino Marilla. I know him as Boris the Russian. Oh, wait, can't use that word anymore, can we? <laughs> the Boris East European. Europeaner. Santa uh, Anthony Carelli next week on the cafe. 
Yeah, great shout to Santino. Uh, please, everyone, please uh, subscribe if you haven't. Um, you'd be missing out listening to you. But thanks to everyone who keeps constantly coming back, watching the videos, and please subscribe. Really does help us out. And if you're a new viewer, please, same again, hit the subscribe button. Really does help us out. And uh, a lot of great guests for today. I think we've booked up the next 10 weeks of guests. <laughs> so, um, plenty of content. Plenty of content. You want to find out who it is? You got to tune in. Good night, everybody.